Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 481 for May 15th, 2019. On today's show, drummer Daphne Sprieto. As of last week, the Jazz Session is now a weekly podcast. Thanks for all the great feedback from folks since that change happened. That means a lot more recording and editing and producing for me to put out a show every week, and I'm hoping you'll be willing to help me do this for my living by becoming a member at thejazzsession.com slash join. For just five bucks a month, you get a monthly bonus episode, early access to every show, and more. Daphne Prieto's most recent album is Back to the Sunset. It's an ambitious big band record that not only highlights Prieto's skills as a composer and arranger, but also pays tribute to many of the people he considers his mentors and influences. Here's the opening track, Una Vez Más. Excited to uh, welcome to the show uh, Daphne Prieto, whose uh, music I've followed since, uh, I guess, since the 90s. And I'm really, really also excited to say that uh, many people are, are recognizing the wonderful work that he's been doing over the years, uh, both uh, recipient of a MacArthur Genius Fellow and then also very recently the recipient of a Grammy for the album that we're here to talk about today, Back to the Sunset. Uh, Daphne, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me in the show, Jason. So this album, uh, Back to the Sunset, is a really, a really incredible uh, record, and uh, I thought maybe we could start just by telling people uh, how this album came to be, because I, it came to be in a somewhat unusual way. Yeah, well, there's a, lot, a few things that were merged into the into the final seat of becoming this album. Um, I, I I've done uh, music for uh, other big bands. Uh, but I never had really a, a full uh, album of myself uh, with a big band, so I was very curious and and you know uh, had a great, a great uh, <laughs> desire to make a, a, a full album on my music. Also, um, at the same time, I had uh, Eric Overstein, who's the producer of this album. He gave me a call one day and he wanted to uh, do something with me. And I told him that uh, I had different things in mind, but I was really looking forward to put a, a Big Bang album uh, on my own. And if he was going to be on board, then then for us being working together, then we can really put the strength to it to make it happen for the Big Bang. He had uh, a lot of experiences before uh, by working with all the big bands, uh, so so we made it happen. I, I start working on, on all the songs and uh, all the arrangements and trying to conceive the whole the whole idea of it. The idea behind it is really uh, 
kind of a, a tribute in a way, but more a, in a, an imaginary tribute um, through the music to uh, a lot of uh, artists and musicians uh, that, that represents and inspire me so much in my life. So that's why it's called Back to the Sunset, because the sunset to me is a very special moment of the day that kind of brings a lot of, uh, you know, memories and appreciation and just something that it, it, it leads more into a more emotional, uh, you know, um, kind of, uh, uh, of, of looking at it. And Daphne, what is special about a big band to you? Why, why was it a big band that you really wanted to, to work with on this project? Well, first of all, that was the big band configuration is one of the, the, first configurations I heard live in my life. Uh, back when I was in Cuba, when I was about 10 years old, so there was a really good uh, big band in Santa Clara, Cuba, where I am from. Uh, it used to, uh, it, the name used to be uh, Orquesta de Musica Moderna. And um, and from then on, that was, that was, you know, a shock for me when I was a kid listening to this massive sound. Uh, then later on, you know, I heard I heard the big bands of of of, of all the greatest uh, from you know from the early swing era to the Duke to uh, to many others, um, and then um, you know that's 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 basically how I mean what I like about the big band is the textures, the colors, the 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 magnification in a way of the whole sound of it, and that I have the possibility to share this music with uh, much more uh, musicians on stage, which is always very exciting. And at the same time, I have more opportunities to uh, arrange and, and uh, you know, be more delicate and, and more precise about certain and specific sounds. this album being kind of a, an imagined tribute uh, to some of the the people who have gone before, uh, some of them who are still around now, people like uh, Tito Puente, Eddie Palmieri, uh, Iberto Gismonti. There were uh, there's a number of names that are uh, given tribute on this record, and there was one that I didn't recognize and I wanted to ask you about, and that's uh, the person that uh, Prelude para Rosa is dedicated to, uh, Bobby Carcases, who I, I don't know anything about. Will you tell me something about him? Yeah. 
he's a musician, a Cuban musician. He's a, a kind of a, uh, uh, it's a one main show uh, thing. He's, he, he does, uh, he has his own band, he lives his band. He has actually been someone in Cuba, very important in, within the jazz uh, scene. He was one of, well, the creator in a way or the founder of the jazz festival in Cuba. And uh, he's still alive, and he has been a great supporter, not only for, to me, uh, and he is a, a good friend, but but to many musicians, jazz musicians in Cuba, uh, who are starting. You know, they, it, he always been in, in touch with them and, and support them uh, a big time. This is a band that, uh, well, first of all, it's the band itself is full of, uh, you know, top. <laughs> top rank musicians. I mean, just some of the, mm-hmm. the great players of the day. And then there are also some guest musicians as well. Uh, trumpeter Brian Lynch, uh, saxophonists Henry Threadgill and Steve Coleman. Uh, can you talk about why those three uh, people were invited to be on this record? Well, well, they were, there's a significant part of, of, of this uh, of this recording also, who, that is um, the musicians who I start playing with them when I arrived into the U.S. And uh, musicians that I learned a lot, that they gave me the opportunity to work with them, and I was honored and to to um, you know to be part of their uh, story in a way, musically speaking. So to me, uh, you know, the two, the three of them, they are they are someone who I also uh, give tribute in this album. So I want to have that live appearance of some of the musicians that I'm dedicating this album to. To be as a guest, and and they are they appear to be a great way of of having that uh, inclusion into the into the album. Uh, I'll just mention for folks that uh, both Steve and Henry have been on this show, and so you can go into the archives. And actually, many of the members of Davnice's band have also been on this show, uh, and I'll let you know who they are after the show. Uh, so uh, Henry Threadgill for me was the real kind of surprise voice mm-hmm. on this record uh he's on the title track back to the sunset and mm-hmm. uh i i mean i had heard him with uh you know large ensembles before but i i think the the kind of the soundscape that you create uh for him to to play over is just really amazing and and the second he starts playing i mean it's obviously henry threadgill but the way he integrates into the music that you made, I just, it was a really striking moment when his, his sound first came out of the speakers. I just, I think it's a really kind of arresting and, and beautiful performance.
Yeah, thank you. Well, I mean, when I when I was uh, you know conceiving this whole idea of of, of including some guests and and also uh, you know dedicating this album to so many people and Henry being so significant to me because I worked with him in so many different occasions. I recorded with him two albums uh, in the early two thousands, um, and uh, he's a great friend and and he's someone that really has inspired me and 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 I've learned so much from him. And uh, we keep doing so. And uh, yeah, that's uh, when I, w- I start writing that song. I, I say I, this song is for Henry. <laughs> this is a, this is the song that Henry needs to play. And I and I told him I need you to play a song. And uh, and uh, you know he was really open and uh, to give me that opportunity. Yeah, let me ask you about that. You um, you know you mentioned uh, growing up hearing uh, big bands, and one of the people that you mentioned, of course, is uh, Ellington, and one of the the truths about Duke Ellington is that he wrote very much for the people that he knew were going to play the music that he was writing. When you were mm-hmm. writing this music, did you know who was going to be in the band? Was Did that not especially matter? Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, I knew some of the players already that they were going to be. Basically, I used as a main core the sextet that I, that I also have. Uh, and, uh, and through my sextet, I knew the musicians that were in the sextet, obviously, and I knew a few other that they were going to be, but what I what I certainly knew is that they were going to musicians. They were going to be musicians that they need to play the music well and, and to have a really good uh, you know understanding of what the music is and you know the vocabulary and also uh, the interpretation of it. And I think their their musicians on this album did an amazing job of uh, of, of grasping that idea. And, and put it out there in sounds and uh, and they it became their music too they 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 all sound you know really relaxed and fluid and uh and uh i'm really happy that it turned out to be those musicians who we end up uh, choosing are there any people on this record that you had never played with before this band yeah many many of the many of the musicians that that, that were in, in the band i mean we are 17 we had i had six Maybe ten I've played with them before. The other seven, including the trombone sessions, uh, I didn't play with with any of the trombone sessions, and uh, and uh, also uh, some of the trumpets as well. So, mm-hmm. and in in this kind of music, the trombone section is pretty important. I mean, so obviously mm-hmm. everything's pretty important. But when I think mm-hmm. of uh, of big bands in kind of the Latin jazz tradition, I mean, when I think of like Eddie Palmieri's band and things like that, I mm-hmm. I really think of how how much weight is on the trombone section uh, mm-hmm. in terms of kind of filling out the sound. So it seems like it was mm-hmm. pretty important to get the right the right people for that. Oh yes, definitely, and and, and the trombone section in this in this album in the band because you know we keep doing stuff with the band and, and stuff like that, but especially in this album. Uh, they were amazing. They're great, great musicians, great instrumentalists. They they play wonderfully everything. Uh, and I'll just I'll just mention we won't probably say all seventeen members. You can certainly find that online. But the trombonists are Tim Albright, Alan Ferber, Jacob Garchik, and Jeff Nelson, who are all you know just top of the game. Um, you mm-hmm. had uh, the opportunity, but, but literally the weekend before making this recording, to uh, do a th- I think a three night run at Jazz Standard, playing this music live. How do you think that affected the album, and what was it like to play the music for an audience? 
Oh, it affected greatly. I think I think the music uh, really got into place. Uh, it's nothing better than playing the music live, and it's almost like after the first gig, you you start feeling like you own the music. Uh, it's that kind of representation in front of an audience that that gives you that confidence uh, that of 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 really um, you know represent the music. And and I think it it grew it grew a lot in the three nights that that we performed there. Three nights we did six sets, uh, two nights, uh, two sets each night, and uh, and it was great for the for the for the recording. It really you know it was a main a, a main step to make it happen. Were you nervous at all? Are, do you do you get nervous? Are you you know obviously you've been doing this for a very long time. You've been in front of mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of people. But when it's all your music, music that you haven't played live before, is there any are there any nerves, any butterflies at all, or is it just another? Well, another you show? know, it's 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 a good nervousness. <laughs> I would put it that way. <laughs> it's a it's a nervousness plus excitement. It's not it's it's a, it's a it's, it's an excitement of of something. That that is that is meaningful to you is going to happen, and uh, and uh, and uh, just you know right before the performance and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know I have so much confidence in the music in the musicians that are playing that uh, you know that kind of uh, relaxes me more. And I know um, you know that we all you know had a great time on stage after we start playing the first note. So yeah, there is there is nervousness in a, in an excitement way in a, in a really. Uh, positive, positive way about it. Did you make any changes to the music uh, for the studio session based on what had happened at Jazz Standard? No, really, not really. I mean, it was more about the interpretation, and uh, you know, obviously here and there, there there might be small details here and there that we consolidate, and and we thought it was much more uh, convenient to it, you know, uh, as as it came out live, but. Pretty much the music was, you know, all written and conceived already. Let's take a break from the music to talk about membership. I've been recording conversations with jazz musicians since 2007. I think it's important work that deserves public support, and I'd like to be able to do it for my living. If you agree that the Jazz Session is worth supporting, you could become a member today for just $5 a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. You'll get a monthly bonus episode, early access to every show, and a yearly gift. Help me make this show for decades to come by becoming a member today at thejazzsession.com slash join. Now, back to the episode. Is it different for you playing with a large ensemble? Does it does it require you to be aware of different things or to to uh, emphasize different things in your playing when there are seventeen people on stage as opposed to six or four? Yeah, to me, uh, I mean, the, the 
the the main difference that I see is that I that I try to play a little bit more subtle uh, because uh, I don't have the same freedom as I have with a smaller ensemble because uh, the level of responsibility from from the rhythm section uh, is, is is a little bit different than than playing you know playing in a bigger in a bigger format than than a smaller format, um, but uh pretty much i i just you know i i i almost laugh at myself every time i cannot escape of my own style of playing <laughs> um so so it always comes out one way or another and uh and you know uh but mainly that that's the that's the that's the difference i see and the, obviously because the music is conceived and you're playing the music so in that case you're playing what the music needs and and obviously you know the music needs something different in a bigger configuration and and in a smaller configuration obviously depending on on what the music is if you conceive a music for a larger ensemble similar to a smaller ensemble with that freedom or that um you know kind of um um air inside then then that then you can go that route I mean, it, it could it could it could work either way. When you decided this is the project you were going to do, did you have any music written already, or did you start writing the music then? I had a few charts which uh, I already have written for big bands, uh, um, and uh, and then the other ones, uh, many of them they are new, and and maybe one or two they were. Uh, I did a, a, like a potpourri of danzones, uh, which I call it a danzonish potpourri. Um, and uh, but but basically, there's a lot of music, uh, new music inside of it. Uh, that's that uh, tune that you just mentioned, danzonish potpourri, is dedicated to Bebo Valdez, Art Blakey, and Jane Bennett, which first of all is a band I would like to see. Um, but is there, that's a really uh, that's a diverse group of influences on that on that mm-hmm. tune. Uh, can mm-hmm. you can you talk about just say something about yeah. each of those people? You know, to me, when I dedicate uh, a song to someone, it doesn't only come from from his uh, from the from the artistic the, the first impression that you see in an artist. Um, there are many things that I think, and I and I and I give it. Uh, it you know uh, ideas from from what is the personality of that person also and what what does what 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 do i feel when when i think of that person it's not only uh oh uh then you know our blakey does not uh, musically has anything to do you know just per se to say lightly with bebo Valdez. But to me, in the personality-wise, for example, in terms of leading a band and uh, and being, uh, you know, uh, just you know, just having just having the the personality and 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 just you know, to me, it's it's that memory of of when you think of a person, what it makes you feel more than oh, because I'm giving a tribute, then I have to follow their steps in the musical realm of it. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah, you're you're capturing their spirit yeah. in the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you learn to write big band arrangements? Because for folks who 
you know, have never seen a big band chart. I mean, that we're talking about a level of writing that is akin to writing for an orchestra or, you know, any other large mm-hmm. ensemble. How did you learn to do that? I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I had the tools. I, 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 I went to the music conservatory in Cuba and I did uh, eight years of classical training since I was 10 to when I was uh, 18. Um, I learned the tools, the musical tools. I learned harmony. I, I learned counterpoint. I learned, uh, you know, how to listen to music and what, what to listen in music. Uh, that obviously, you know, from then to now has grown in, in, in many directions, but, uh, I, I'm self-taught. I'm self-taught on composition. I'm self-taught on, on arranging and I'm self-taught on drums too. So I don't, you know, I try to do the things that I like to do and I try to resolve the problems or the situations that appears on the way on my own and try to re- do researches and, and and that kind of stuff. So, but I'm, I, I'm not, uh, you know, officially trained uh, to uh, write or to arrange uh, uh, music, you know. So when you, given that that's the case, when you brought this music into the rehearsals uh, before mm-hmm. the jazz standard and before the recording, as you were listening to what you had written be played by mm-hmm. these musicians, did that cause you to then go back and say, okay, I think I'm going to change, you know, now that I hear this in a room, or or did you already, did you had you heard it in your head and you already knew what you wanted? Well, you know, now we have we have the the advantage of of having you know um, notation music program. That's true. So I'm asking you, can, you a question it, like it's 1935, and I guess it's 20, yeah, 2018. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, the first arrangements that I did, you know, for my smaller band, and even for the for the some of arrangements or, or and, and compositions that I wrote earlier for big bands, I did it by hand, and I I couldn't hear you know the real sound of it until I went to rehearsal but in this case I did use the, the music notation and I and I had a pretty good idea of how that was going to sound and um, you know obviously the process is, is never really finished even when you do the album because after the album you know something else might come up and, and, and I like it and I want to incorporate it and then we make it happen so I never closed that as a uh, saying, oh, this is complete, and we're gonna leave it here for like that for the rest of our life, you know. So yeah, of course, uh, when I went to rehearsal, I I changed some, you know, things here and there, maybe some octaves and some, you know, kind of sound or some doublings here that that were not necessarily, or or maybe using doubling that that was necessary, uh, or 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 anything else. I mean, you know, anything else. But 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 basically, the whole thing was was pretty, you know, uh, straightforward in terms of of having it already uh, notated.
wanted to ask you about another person who is uh, mentioned in the dedications on this album, um, mm-hmm. who was also important to me. I think the very first, I think, Latin music with improvisation that I was aware of hearing was by Cachao. And I think the second was by Jerry Gonzalez and the Fort Apache Band um, when mm-hmm. I was maybe 18 or 19. And uh, we lost Jerry very recently. And uh, The Sooner the yeah. Better is uh, dedicated partly to him. And I just wanted to ask you to say a few words about him and why he's important to you. Well, Jerry is, uh, is someone that, that has been a, a great inspiration for me. And I had the the honor and the the pleasure to play with him in, in several occasions uh, with different ensembles, but also with a Fort Apache. And, uh, you know, I love her, Jerry. He's, he's, he's a great guy. Someone is, is, is really a revolutionary uh, musically. And, and also uh, is very supportive and, and very creative. And, you know, I love him dearly because he's, he's one of those unique guys that, you know, when you meet him or play with him, it just uh, you have it there for the rest of your life, you know. Uh, obviously one of the reasons that there aren't as many big bands as there used to be is because 17 people is a lot of people to put in a room at one time. And so uh, mm-hmm. you you mentioned that you're still getting chances uh, to perform with this band, which I think is great. Yes. Uh, can you say something about that? Where else have you had a chance to, to play or, or what's coming up? Well, we did. Well, we have done a, a few performances around and, and now it's increasing um, the possibility for us to perform with where... Uh, um, also did uh, this. Uh, we did the Carnegie Hall uh, in November, in 2018. That's a pretty good venue. Uh, that's a pretty good venue, <laughs> and it was very exciting. It was sold out. It was a sold out concert, and uh, it was really, really exciting. Um, and then we're doing uh, two performances in March uh, um, at the uh, at the Duke University and Savannah. Jazz Festival. We're also doing uh, Spoleto Jazz Festival in April, and we're also playing at Newport in August. Newport Jazz Festival. And I'm also doing uh, some things in Europe with other big bands playing my music, the music from this album. And that is the case with a with a big band uh, from Denmark. It's called uh, Arrows Jazz Orchestra. And we are going to perform in, not only in Dinamar, but we go to the North Sea Jazz Festival also this summer to perform at the North Sea Festival with the, with the music from the Big Band. So will yeah. you go over there ahead of time and get a chance to yes. rehearse with the band? Yes. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I send them the charts with enough time. And then you know, I get there uh, three or four days before we rehearse. And then uh, we start playing around. So I'm going to be in Europe this summer for like three weeks doing, you know, uh, performances here and there with them. So to, to turn our attention in other directions for a minute, uh, what else is going mm-hmm. on with you these days besides uh, the big band? Well, uh, I teach. I'm teaching at the University of Miami and uh, to, in the Frost School of Music. And I've been here for like about four years and it has been, you know, a great experience with the school and the students and the faculty. And uh, I'm also thinking about what what to do next in terms of recording. So uh, we might we we have different directions. We have to make a final decision on that. Uh, but it could be a, another Sex Dead album, or it could be another Big Band album, or it could be uh, a new book. 
which I have some ideas for, for a new book as well. So whichever it is, it needs a lot of work behind it. So I need to make a decision of which one I'm going to uh, uh, gravitate in terms of, of, of bringing that energy to because it takes a lot of energy and time to make it happen. So some of those three things are going to happen. <laughs> for me if if i want to put on a record that i know is like guaranteed to make me happy i have i have some go-to records that are good for that are there some records that you know like if you're if you need a boost or if you just are in a great mood and you want music to go along with it do you have some records that you go to all the time it can it can it can really change first from from one thing to another i mean as i say anything could you know, all, there are artists that they are they, they do they could make me a smile and they could make me cry. The same artist. So, so that. Who are some of those that, people for you? Yeah, for me, I mean, you know, the, the same people basically that I that I that I listen to. I I like creative music. I like, you know, someone. Uh, uh, like Hermeto Pascual from Brazil and Alberto Gismonti from Brazil. And, uh, but I like also, you know, Cuban music. I'm a big fan of Los Bambam, which is a, a, a yeah. very well, well-known popular band in Cuba. And, and I like I boleros. I like Bartok. I like Stravinsky and I like Johann Sebastian Bach. And it goes from, from one part of the spectrum musically speaking and geographically speaking to another one i could i could have a great fun just listening to indian music or to music from indonesia or africa um so it, it, it just comes from so many different you know sources in a way uh, one other thing we should mention about back to the sunset is that this was uh, a crowdfunded project can you say something about that yes well, it is, uh, yeah, I would like to, to actually give a great big thank to uh, 
to everyone that had helped us out, support us, and contribute to this album to make this album a reality. Uh, all those, uh, you know, supporters and, and people that, that we have gathered and, and also the musicians who made a great, um, great impact in the music. And also to the label Daphne Song Music, which is uh, now we're celebrating the 10th, now it's going to be this year, it's going to be the 11th year's uh, anniversary of, of Daphne Song Music, which is my own label and uh, my own publishing company in a way. And uh, that I'm really happy to, to start, uh, you know, uh, seeing the results out of what we have put out in Daphne Song Music. So thank you to, to all the listeners and everyone that has supported me and everything that I do and Daphne Song Music itself. My guest has been Daphne Sprieto. Uh, he has uh, composed and uh, arranged and performed, of course, on Back to the Sunset, his Grammy-winning big band album. Uh, Daphne, what a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do it. Thank you very much, Jason, for the invitation. It's a great pleasure. And that's the show. Thanks to Daphne Prieto for being my guest. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music. You'll find them at respectsextet.com. Dave Rabel designed the logo. The show is on social media, facebook.com slash thejazzsession. Twitter at jazzsesh, J-A-Z-Z-S-E-S-H. Instagram at thejazzsession. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason D. Crane. Please do rate and review the show in iTunes. It really does make a difference. Become a member today at thejazzsession.com slash join and sign up for the newsletter by clicking on the newsletter tab at thejazzsession.com. New episodes come out every Wednesday, so come back next week for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Bye. Bye. Bye.